0: Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans? Welcome to this Wednesday, June 2nd, 2020 edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, the managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan And interested today to get into some factoids about the Miami Dolphins, some nuggets that may only be interesting to me, uh, but I certainly think are worthwhile us having a conversation about as it pertains to the 2020 Miami Dolphins, forecasting to the 2021 Miami Dolphins, some of the player-specific statistics that are relevant to the team. Obviously, we've passed the June 1st deadline, so from a cap perspective, there are some opportunities for the Dolphins to revisit some of their positional spending, which is an important conversation to revisit now that we are past June 1st. So it's it's kind of a hodgepodge and mix and match of offense and defense and salary cap and individual player factoids, but let's just call it... Facts about the Miami Dolphins that may or may not only be interesting to me. I'm recording this on Tuesday night. It's 10 o'clock. I got a nice cool drink in my hand. Just so you know, I'm not lying. Woodford Reserve this evening. And we're going to get started. I'm going to get started with the stat, according to Pro Football Reference, about Miami Dolphins tight end Mike Gusecki. When we think about Gusecki, and what he can and cannot do in order to take his game to the next level. First and foremost, Travis Kelsey, one of the best tight ends in football ranked. Mike Gesicki is a top five tight end in the NFL on a recent spot with Bleach Report, so that was cool. But Mike has room for improvement in one key category. That is breaking tackles with the football in his hands. I'm going to go over some names and some missed tackles that have been forced by these players at the tight end position going back to 2018 when Mike Gusecki entered the NFL, according to Pro Football Reference. I hope you're ready. Strap in. Brace yourselves. Travis Kelsey, the guy who just said that Mike Gusecki is one of the five best tight ends in football. 23 forced missed tackles since 2018. It's a great number. George Kittle, widely regarded as the best all-around tight end in football. 18 forced missed tackles. If you asked anybody to name the best three tight ends in football, their, their candidates would probably be Kittle, Kelsey, and the Raiders, Darren Waller, who has forced 16 missed tackles going back to 2018. Zach Ertz, He's slowing down significantly. He's notorious for catching the ball and not gaining additional yardage, but yet he managed to break eight tackles over the course of the last three seasons, 18, 19, and 20. Mark Andrews, who also made Travis Kelsey's list of top five tight ends, six going back to 2018. Mike Gusecki, according to pro football reference has forced one Missed tackle in three seasons in the NFL. So if you are looking for the area in which Mike Gusecki can take his game to the next level, this is how Mike goes from getting 650 to 700 yards of receiving and adds another 150 to 200 yards to his ledger on any given year. He has to find some ways to manufacture wins with the ball in his hands and challenging the first arriving defender because Mike is a big dude. Now, he's angular. He's not overly dense. He's more long than he is thick. But at the same time, one missed tackle, which came in 2018, that area is an area that if you can bulk that out, you are going to be looking at a great deal, much bigger production as a receiver with the ball in your hands. Now, here's the good news for Mike Gusecki. The Dolphins' wide receiver room has changed dramatically with the additions of Jalen Waddell and Will Fuller. So your hope is those guys can lift the roof off the middle of the field and off the top end of the defense. So that when Mike is catching passes in the intermediate to short areas, he has a little bit of room to get his eyes back upfield and identify who that first arriving tackler is so that then he can appropriately challenge him with the ball in his hands. That's the hope. That's the objective. Because at the end of the day, Mike is more of a straight-line athlete when you watch him on the field than he is somebody with any level of wiggle to him as a a ball carrier. It's just not where he wins as a player. But if he can take advantage of better spacing, thanks to the Dolphins' speed at wide receiver, Gasecki from a yards-per-catch perspective, and he's gone up in three consecutive years. He was up over 13 yards-per-catch in 2020. He's a guy who's moving in the right direction, but he's entering into a contract year, and he's got to show the Dolphins... I deserve to be here long-term. You want to pay me that fair market price, which is probably somewhere between $10 and $12 million per season. I deserve that. The best way for him to do that is to have the same consistency at the catch point and as a route runner, but creating more chunk plays after he has the ball in his hands by forcing that first arriving defender to miss. If Mike can do that then the Dolphins, it becomes a, a almost, I say almost because it is a lot of money, almost a no-brainer decision for the team. But if you are looking for a no-brainer decision for yourself, Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and these things are delicious. I mean it when I say it. We just got sent, as hosts at Locked On, a sample box of the newest flavor that is yet to hit the market and it is Grasshopper Cookie. I'm not going to spoil it but what I will tell you is I got the sample box tonight this afternoon If I have 4pm. It's Tuesday night. And the box is 6 bars deep and the box is halfway gone and it's 10-10 in the evening. <laughs> they are amazing. Just like And you'll be shocked to hear this. Every flavor of Built Bar, they have 10 plus flavors to choose from. They're high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar, 100% chocolate on each and every one of their bars. So whether you're looking for something breakfast, lunch, or dinner, you're looking for something that's keto friendly, you're looking for something to grab and go after a workout, you name it, Built Bar can be it. So visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and save 15% on your next order Of Bar. Find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. Order yourself a box, BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15 to save 15%. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules or brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy to navigate catalog. And best of all, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door in just a few clicks. Prices are the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Up next on the show, I want to give a little bit of love to one of my favorite individuals within the Dolphins community, uh, Jason Sarney. Jason has done a lot of Dolphins podcasting, writing uh, for a number of different spots. He, he currently does podcasts with Jay Fiedler. Uh, but Jason, yesterday on June 1st, uh, went out of his way to kind of outline a couple of cap dynamics for the Miami Dolphins that really caught my eye. And I knew these things existed Uh, But seeing him follow it up with the addition of Will Fuller and the drafting of Javon Holland and the drafting of Jalen Waddle, it's just really a nice reminder of where Miami is spending their money and what conversation needs to be had here. So Jason, uh, yesterday, June 1st, almost 9 a.m. in the morning, dropped some really great nuggets about the Dolphins' their cap situation, including this one. As of the moment, on a day that could see some cuts around the NFL, and we didn't see a lot of action, but it's now eligible for cuts to be made with different cap implications. The Miami Dolphins ranked the following in positional percentage of salary cap around the NFL. The wide receiver position, first in the NFL, with 22.58% of their salary cap to that position group. Defensive backs, corners and safeties, number two in the NFL, with 26.49%. Of their cap invested in defensive backs. The offensive line, number 32, dead last in the league, 9.59%. Jason says this will change. It will change. It absolutely positively will. It did not yesterday, but it will change because you look at the Dolphins and they are rolling like 13 deep on the wide receiver room and Will Fuller and his salary for 2020, it's a $10-plus base salary with $3 million in incentives. It's not going anywhere. The Dolphins are committed to a $10-million-plus cap hit for Will Fuller in 2021. They're also committed to approximately a $5-million cap hit for Jalen Waddle, who they drafted with the number six overall pick. And they're committed to approximately a $12-million cap hit on Devontae Parker, based on the contract extension that he got at the end of the 2019 season could Miami theoretically move on from one of these players yes but based on the fact that they brought in Will Fuller and Jalen Waddell this offseason I can't imagine it's going to be one of those guys so it would have to be Devonte Parker do I think that's likely no But they're first in the league in spending in the wide receiver room with 22.5%. If the team decided that they were going to trim the fat in the wide receiver room, the two places you'd start based on the cap and the money commitments versus the output that these players have brought from a receiving perspective, you'd start with Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson. You're willing to do that if you believe in Malcolm Perry and Lynn Bowen Jr. to take over the multi-tool gadget slot receiver. If you believe in those guys to take that role, Albert Wilson is suddenly an expendable player when you consider his cap situation. And the cap, freeing up some cap for the Dolphins is a twofold benefit. It creates more room to bring in veterans. If you choose, that's an appropriate action to take. And it also frees up more free salary cap space that you can then roll over year over year. The NFL salary cap is not a if-you-don't-use-it-you-lose-it perspective. If you do not use your salary cap, you can roll it over from one season to the next. So the Dolphins, they stand to benefit from, at least by the start of the season, clearing some cap space and trimming their fat. They have not done that just yet. But if you cut Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson, and you can do it right now based on it being post-June 1st, you would save approximately $7 million in cap hit. And the reason I say that is to paint the picture of if the Dolphins were to make those decisions, which I don't think are imminent at this point, but I do think before the start of the season, some notable players will be let go. The Dolphins would go from first to fourth, with only a handful of teams passing them. Those teams being the New York Jets, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Cleveland Browns. Allen Hearns is not going to save you a lot of money. Devontae Parker feels like a long shot to be moved on from. Preston Williams is dirt cheap. Mack Hollins is dirt cheap. Lynn Bowden Jr. is dirt cheap. Malcolm Perry was a 7th-round pick. There's no cap savings to be had there. Grant Wilson are your two to move on from. Now, some of this is the cost of doing business in free agency with giving Will Fuller a big contract and then drafting somebody in the top 10 overall and having Devontae Parker. This is a big year for Devontae Parker to prove that he can have some chemistry when he is more of the mismatch identifier. And what I mean by that is you think about Devontae Parker and what he's been for the Dolphins and, and for the last two seasons when he's had the big step forward and this is one of those statistics that is perhaps really only interesting to me but if you go back over devonte parker's last 24 games since week 8 of the 2019 season this according to the dolphins year in review media guide parker's 12th in the nfl with receiving yardage with 1711 yards over that stretch in their last 24 games, uh, that is a very productive stretch. 12th in the NFL, of course, and there is a lot of the speculation and the chemistry that he's going to have with Tua Tagovailoa, and I get that. But at the same time, he in this receiving room is no longer going to be the 1A option. He's going to be a guy who... One of the things Tua has has spoken about that he needs to be better at that Ryan Fitzpatrick was good at was from a pre-snap perspective, understanding what routes, based on coverage and matchups and alignment and safety shell, you are eliminating in the pre-snap. And you are understanding, based on what the defense is showing me, my eyes are going to start here on this given play. Devontae Parker, with the additions of Jalen Waddle and Will Fuller, should be more of a receiver who's not just the de facto number one in the read progression, and if they take that away or I don't trust him in that matchup, I'm not going to look at him, or I'm I'm going to be very quick to move off of him. And instead, it's, okay, the opposing team is... Shading the safety in the direction of Will Fuller and Devontae's on the other side, and he's got CB2 against him in a one on one situation. I like that matchup. I'm going to identify that and take that because that's what the quote unquote defense is giving me. Devontae Parker in that role for Tua Valoa, I think, has a lot of opportunity to continue this strong stretch of play that he's had over his last 24 games. Whether or not that materializes, that remains to be seen, but that's something I'm at least optimistic about. I'm also optimistic about some of the bets I've placed over this past week at BetOnline. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Whether you need Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, or UFC bets right now, Bet online has got them all. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs. So make sure you head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news signup bonuses and contest information available. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts couple of defensive notes that are just of interest to me. Uh, once again, courtesy of the Dolphins' year-in-review media guide. Defensively, we've talked a lot about how the defensive side of the football is where this team's identity lies. Uh, and obviously, we knew that the Dolphins' defense was one of the top-scoring defenses in football, entering the Week 17 debacle against the Bills that we're not going to talk about because I just do not have the bandwidth to do. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, The Dolphins still finish 6th in the league in scoring defense, 21.1 points allowed per game. Uh, They were tied for 10th in the NFL with 41 sacks allowed. 29 takeaways was the best in football, and that's really the stat that grabs my attention, and it's not just the fact that they have logged a turnover in 22 consecutive games defensively. Uh, which is the longest active streak in the NFL and the third longest streak in Dolphins history. Uh, The last NFL team to have a streak this long was New England's 36-game streak from October of 2011 to November of 2013. Uh, And it also was not the fact that the Dolphins' third down defense was the best in the NFL with a 31.2% conversion rate, uh, the second highest mark in Dolphins history behind the 1999 team. With 28.8%. It's the fact that Miami's 2021 success will in large part be predicated on their ability to replicate some things that are statistically a little bit more of an anomaly. And, um, you know, you, you can train for turnovers you can train for interceptions and hunting the football and so on and so forth but at the end of the day on some of these you still need the ball to bounce your way for you to get that break now Miami had a lot of block punts and Xavier Howard hunting up the football and Uh, Really good coaching as far as stripping the ball from Melvin Gordon in in a game in the fourth quarter that was on the fringe of getting away from him and they preserved it and kept it a one-score game to keep it interesting. But inevitably, you can strip the ball, but if the ball bounces the wrong way, you don't recover the fumble. 29 turnovers is a lot of turnovers manufactured. If the Dolphins have success manufacturing that once again and manufacturing enough short fields, but they're able to really dial up the explosive plays to shorten the amount of plays needed to manufacture touchdown scoring drives. That's a big part of the recipe for success. My concern is that from just a law of averages perspective, that is something that is not something you can rely on or bank on year over year with great statistical significance and consistency. How Brian Flores and the Dolphins' defense managed to do that is going to help define the season. And the good news is uh, we've seen somebody off the New England Patriots coaching tree and the New England Patriots themselves. They strung together 36 consecutive games. So if the Dolphins were to match that streak, which is the third-longest streak, currently the third-longest streak in, the, in team history with 22 consecutive games. If they were to equal the latest streak to have surpassed what Miami has currently done, which is 36 games from New England, you are talking about effectively an entire full season from here on out of manufacturing at least one turnover per game. And if that happens, and you consider that you'll get multiple turnovers in some games— then Miami will challenge that 29 takeaways, which is a challenge for this team, but it's something this team will need to do to help guarantee that a young, inexperienced offense that has some new pieces, some developing pieces, a young quarterback, all those things go together. You give them enough short fields, they'll take advantage enough that this team will live up to the expectations that they have. But that is... Uh, somewhat of a statistical anomaly. So that that's kind of just a flag that we're hoping the Dolphins can replicate. But you're also at the mercy of the football gods. And we know how kind and unkind the football gods have been at times to your Miami Dolphins. I promise to be kind to each and every one of you by bringing you two more shows yet this week. So you're going to want to make sure you hit subscribe on Locked on Dolphins and keep it locked in. Right here on Locked on Dolphins, we have you all off-season long. It's great to spend some time chatting with you guys. Really appreciate you carving some time out of your day. Make sure you come back. Two more shows again this week. we got some new content coming up, summer content. Uh, we're going to be prognosticating 2021 in some new ways. We're going to be forecasting. Uh, we're going to be looking back at the, the previous team and the, some changes that have been made. So lots to look forward to. You're not going to want to miss it. Hit subscribe, fins up. Thanks as always for listening. Cheers. Hope everybody has a great, excellent hump day. Talk to you guys tomorrow.